I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, y'all, and I'm JJ. Hey, guys, I'm Kat. And on this episode, we have Kathy. Kathy is a fan that had reached out to us at our email at realhauntingspodcast at gmail.com and told us that she had some spooky stories that she wanted to share with us. Kathy, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. There's like never anything new. No, just, just another day in the pandemic. That's right. <laughs> so, Kathy, how long have you been listening to the podcast? I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Uh, I've told everyone I know about it. <laughs> Thank That's you so, so much. Thank That's you. really cool. If you don't mind me indulging a little bit, what have been some of your favorite episodes or moment throughout the podcast? There's so many. I mean, the one that's standing out to me the most right now, I guess just because I went to a place that had like a really spooky barn was um, there's like this one story you guys did of a person who went to a friend's property in the Midwest with a haunted like farmhouse and like, yeah, and they did like the seances and all that stuff in the that farmhouse. one was good. Yeah. That was a creepy one. I was really freaked out in that one. <laughs> I have a really, I'm really bad about remembering our interviews. Like even like like. 10 minutes after they're over, but I do remember that one and it, it stayed with me. The other one was, um, I think it was Noah, like your mom or JJ's mom or something. Like 
being interviewed about working at the hospital or nursing home. Oh, our friend Nick's mom working at the hospice. Thinking that that lady was in the washroom and then she'd actually died the day before that. I was just like, what? Oh, this is legit. Okay. I know we want to still bring on um, Nick's mom as a standalone episode. We, we've got to do that. Maybe on our Mother's Day episode, we can interview uh, he and his mom as well. That might be fun. Well, Kathy, as a listener of the show, I'm, I'm sure you know what we're about to ask you. But uh, if you had to rank yourself on a list of one to ten, one being ghosts are complete bullshit, ten being they absolutely exist. What number would you give yourself? So my boyfriend, he listens to this podcast with me and he's like, how are you going to answer this question? And I was like, uh, because it really fluctuates for me. Um, I would say currently maybe about a six or a seven, but sometimes it's a four. I don't know. It just kind of depends on the day. <laughs> You're open-minded uh, to, to new evidence and uh, new persuasive stories then that explanation yeah let's go with that and i think the three of us are very similar in that way too you know depending on the podcast or a ex- recent experience i think because we are talking about the supernatural it is so easy to fluctuate because we're always battling against the most grounded part of who we are to try to open our minds up to believing in you know, floating spirits or demons or, you know, a, a covert flying open or whatever thing that we're hearing about. And in some cases getting to see, it is kind of difficult sometimes. Kat and JJ, where are you guys these days? Uh, well, so I listened to um, Jack Shepard's armchair expert episode recently, and he had Justin Timberlake on. And Justin had this wise advice, well, not advice, but one of his mentors had told him this it resonated well with me that there's no like such thing as truth. It's just people's perspectives. Again, I'm taking the long route to answer this question, but I'm like 10 out of 10 that people are experiencing things. So (laughs) fully on board, believing that people experience things. (laughs) So like, I don't deny any of our guests experiences, but obviously I wasn't there. I'm like, a two when it comes to thinking I have any sort of gift or in touch with anything paranormal. So if it exists, I just don't know. Am I a zero? Am I a five? I'm like lower range now. Classic cat going down and at the end we'll be back up to a six or a seven. JJ, where are you these days? Well, I'm normally at a five. I would say I'm at a four right now because cat and I, we watched this movie on Hulu about that has nothing to do with ghosts, but it's called in and of itself. Yes. Uh, And it's, it's uh, kind of like a one man show with uh, like a magician and illusionist, but it's much more than that than like a magic show. I don't know. I saw him do some really crazy things, but of course he's an illusionist. Everyone knows that he's messing with uh, our perception and making us, Uh, believe that he is magic but he's not no one actually considers that magic so I don't know seeing him do some of this crazy stuff and knowing that like no one thinks it's magic that that makes me feel much more skeptical when it comes to like our own senses and what what kind of conclusions makes us jump to the paranormal yeah so you think the world is kind of just pulling illusions on us all the time 
slash our brains are perceiving patterns because that's what we all that's just what we know yeah i think maybe we're just we're just not the best at uh deciphering what is normal and what's paranormal also, yeah. that, that don't forget show. the sound waves too you know that's yes <laughs> the ultra sound waves that you can't hear but the vibrations are still affecting you, you. love that but also the show is on hulu it's called in and of itself and it's derek delgadio's like one man show it's off broadway it's like really popular it's so good cool um, yeah we'll have to check that out i mean i saw chris angel walk on water that time so i definitely believe that's real so in person <laughs> no on tv when i was like a kid oh <laughs> well he is jesus yeah i mean that's I pretty clear that's that. a fact did we just have a telepathy moment maybe maybe it was just a low-hanging uh fruit Okay, fans, I'm sorry that I got us really sidetracked there. I know that you guys like us to jump into the story. So that's what we're going to do now. So Kathy, I know you have several stories of spooky encounters. Um, why don't you get us started on your favorite one? Like when I was really young, uh, I was raised Catholic. And so, you know, I believe that there were like demons and spirits and, you know, all of that stuff. And I, I had a lot of paranoia about ghosts growing up and then I kind of moved away from that faith and I was not as concerned for a very long time until um, I moved from uh, growing up in the south to moving to Santa Cruz California where Santa Cruz is uh, pretty freaking spooky so for people that aren't familiar with the city it's pretty well known for being kind of haunted as for my personal experiences in Santa Cruz they're a little odd. Um, so I've always found bathrooms just kind of unsettling. And I like public I, bathrooms or your own bathroom? All bathrooms. Like in your yeah. own. Yeah. Like, so you know how you have that moment in the shower, like when you're washing your hair, or maybe it's just me, but and you have to like close your eyes to like rinse your hair and you feel like someone's like gonna come out and stab you or something, you know, kind of like in those horror movies. Cat, you know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I try not to think about it, but totally. <laughs> that kind of freaks me out. Um, or just like things being hidden behind corners, you know, like when you're in a vulnerable position. Like that's really what kind of freaks me out the most about bathrooms. I never had anything happen before I moved to Santa Cruz where. So the first time around, I went to an Irish pub that's in downtown or was in downtown before COVID uh, called Rosie McCann's. And I went in there, like we were just going in after work, you know, super chill. We had a few beers like, and some burgers and whatever. We were having a really good time. I am just like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. And so I walk into the bathroom. Uh, it has kind of this galley setup where you have a stall at the very end of it. Um, that's like the big stall and then there's like one to the side and then you have the sink next to the stalls and then you have the door kind of going out. The setup of the bathroom is important because the stall at the far end with the big stall, it was locked or at least the door was closed and it had a sign on it saying out of order and the light over it was out. So really nothing unusual for an old building and the bathrooms in it of like, oh, things don't work. Okay. So I go into the stall that's like next to it and, uh, you know, do my thing. But while I'm looking at my phone and flipping through Facebook or whatever, 
I start feeling a little anxious and like the hairs on my arms start standing up. And then the lights over the big stall start flickering. Oh God. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess like the electrical in here isn't quite right. Maybe that's like why they had the light off or something. So, but I'm like, in any case, I don't know if I want to be next to a bunch of water when all that's going on. So, you know, I kind of wrap everything up and I just feel really weird and like the light keeps flickering. And then I walk out of the small stall and the door to this big stall, which I thought was closed, started to creak open and it had like the sound opening and everything feeling like it was just wrong and everything was electrical and the store trying to open that I thought was closed. I was like, uh, nope. And I just left. <laughs> I didn't look at what was in the stall. I didn't look at what was going on. I'm just like, okay, uh, this is a live or die moment and I live. <laughs> So, and you thought that the the stall door that creaked open, that it had been latched closed? Yes. Yeah. Because, um, so I used to work in the restaurant industry. And when you have those public stall doors, you can just use a flathead screwdriver and that'll close it. And that's usually what restaurants will do just to make sure that people don't like go in and, you know, use the bathrooms and stuff. Uh-huh. So I leave. <laughs> And I go to the table and uh, my boyfriend, he can tell I look kind of freaked out. And I tell him what happened. And he doesn't believe in anything ghost wise. Like even after what I've experienced, he's like maybe a zero um, on the one to 10 scale. Um, But he was just being kind of a jerk. And he's like, you know, what if you ask the servers you know, if there's anything going on. And I was like, well, no, there, there's not a point to doing that. And he's just like, come on, like it, it'll be fun. Like worst case, you know, they just say no and that, you know, everything is fine. And there you go. And I was like, okay. So I asked the server and I'm like, um, I have some kind of weird questions for you. And I was like, firstly, do you guys have like, why is that big stall? in the women's bathroom closed. And she's like, oh, like, you know, we're having plumbing issues with it. You know, it's not flushing properly. It keeps backing up and we don't want people to go in there. And I was like, cool. So you keep the door like closed, like locked up, right? And she's like, yeah, because otherwise people will go in there and they'll definitely use it. (laughs) Yeah, people are will use any bathroom that's open, even if it's messed up with a sign on it. (laughs) Desperate times in desperate measures, you know? Yeah. So she's like, yeah, it's locked. And I'm like, okay, so the light, why is that supposed to be off over the big stall? And like, just to kind of disincentivize people from going in. And she was just like, well... I mean, we switched the breaker off because it kept being kind of weird. And I was like, okay, let me tell you something that just happened. And so I relayed that story to her and she was just like, oh my God. Okay, hold up. And she goes and grabs one of her coworkers and brings her over. She's like, you have to tell her the story you just told me about. I was like, okay. (laughs) 
So I might guess that that coworker is like a ghost fanatic and like thinks that it's haunted. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. I told her the whole story and she's just like, I knew it was haunted. I knew it. I knew it. And she's just like, but I got to go take care of a table. Bye. <laughs> I was going to say she had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> going to go do a seance real quick. Bye. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a cool experience or i don't know if cool is the right word but oh i'd be freaked out yeah i don't know much about like wiring or electricity but i assume if like a breaker switch is off it's pretty hard for it to just like accidentally come back on and for a light to Mm -hmm. be flickering so i don't that's weird did you find out any more information about the bar had anything happened there that might make it haunted yeah so i i googled it um i mean the building itself um dates back to the early 1800s but there wasn't anything specific about that particular part of the building being haunted or anything going on there and then you had another bathroom ghost incident right yeah also i just want to say what an interesting niche to have your ghost ghosty business happen my coworkers about the fact that about both of these ghost stories and they gave me so much crap for about a year of like you know oh like vice did a whole thing on bathroom ghost stories and they would like just kind of spammed me with that for a while <laughs> i just picture you like sneaking into bathrooms like spy versus spy like up against the walls like getting in like checking every crevice for ghost or uh. We both went, oh, yeah, what a crevice. You, I don't think you want to check every crevice of a bathroom. <laughs> but I got, you know what? That's so funny. You know, I don't know why I'm just not thinking of this, but my entire childhood, ever since I watched What Lies Beneath, I've brought this up before, um, with spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, there's like a bathroom scene and the ghost like comes out of the bathtub and it's really creepy and you get scared. So my whole like, when did I see that? I was like third grade. So ever since I lived at my family's house, my sisters had already gone to college. So from third grade until like senior year of high school, anytime, anytime I went in the bathroom, I had to open the closet, give it an up and down, close it, and then lock the bathroom door. I still do that. I'll like lock the door when we go to sleep because I don't know, it just makes me feel safer. But I've always kind of gotten that feeling with like closets and bathrooms. Kat, have you seen The Sixth Sense yet? No. Okay, just checking. Is there in. a bathroom scene in that one? No, I was just checking in. I feel like we got to check in and see if she's seen it about every 20 episodes. I'll watch it sometime. I feel like I know the answer, though, or like the, the gimmick of it. <laughs> it's a great movie. You should watch it. Anyway, so, <laughs> Kathy, back to the ghost toilets. What happened in number two? Uh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> TikTok. Uh, so, Kat, like, in uh, a lot of European folklore and in a lot of uh, cultures, especially in Germany, closing doors is very common. Like, that's just, like, the cultural norm of just, like, if there's a door open and you are in the room, you close the door. Um, mm. And there's a lot of folklore around that, that um, you do that to basically prevent energies, you know, that you that are outside of the room from coming in, which does work for blocking people and blocking animals and stuff. So, you know, 
valid point. Yeah, it just kind of extends, I think, to a lot of people with that kind of idea. It didn't work on that bathroom stall door, though, because that was apparently locked in. Apparently, there's a lot of energy needing to get out. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so for the second one, it was also at a restaurant. And it was the Santa Cruz Diner. For this one, same kind of deal, finished dinner, go in. And the setup for this bathroom, also important. So it was like one of those really small ones where when you go in the door to the bathroom, when you open it, it hits the door to the big stall door. And then there's another small stall right next to the big stall going in. And then there's like a sink, like kind of all shoved in there. And when I go in, I open the door into the bathroom, close it behind me. And the big stall is occupied. There's someone in there. I'm like, okay, whatever. Go in the small one. And I'm again, just doing my thing. And there's these two women in this stall. And I'm like, that's weird. Cause it's not like, you know, a mom and her kid or something normal. It's like two grown women and they're shuffling around, like moving all around the stall and like whispering to each other, like just completely incoherent whispering. you know like that kind of sound of like wind blowing through trees like it almost sounded like that Hmm. which was really weird and you know you can see under the bottom of the stall divider and both these women are willing are wearing bell bottom pants and i'm like that's weird okay And also then they like just start kind of like shuffling things around and it feels like they're, or it sounds like they're doing something. And I'm like, okay, because they're acting really strange. Like, I don't think this is just alcohol. Were you able to see them at all in the stall or no? I mean, I could see like the bottoms of their pants. Yeah. So my thought at the time was, okay, there are two women in the stall next to me doing some kind of really intense drugs and that's why they're acting so weird and this is also when i was brand new to santa cruz really did not have a high opinion of drug use especially for something that severe to cause that kind of behavior so it made me really angry um i was just like okay i'm going to confront these women i'm going to be like look you can't do this like in a diner like if you're sobering up cool but like you can't just like start shooting up like in a place where there's like little kids, like that's not cool. So I was just like ready to confront them. I was like so mad and I'm just waiting for them to open their stall door. And when I hear the door open, I immediately open my door and I'm like, you know, I jump out of the stall basically and there's nothing. There's no one. And I look in the big stall and I look at the door that you have to basically open that has like that kind of slow pressure gauge thing. Like when it's closing behind people, that's completely shut. And I'm like, what? It's like a moment of confusion of like, uh, there were definitely people here and now there's not. Did you feel like you were going crazy when that happened? For a second. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. (laughs) And then I go up to the um, lady who's like working behind like the diner counter. I was like, hey, did you see like two girls like walking out wearing like bell bottom jeans? And she's like, no. 
<laughs> kind of like in this way, bell bottom jeans. It's like, yeah, 1964, I saw them exit. And while you were in the stall waiting for them to come out, I mean, I assume you could see the bottom of their jeans the entire time you were waiting there, right? Yeah. No, I could see that there were people right there. Like I could see the pants. I could hear the door opening. I could see everything going on. It's just like, I guess once I passed the threshold, they just disappeared. (laughs) And I don't exactly know how to explain that. They were nowhere to be found in the restaurant. Like just in case I had some kind of once in a lifetime lapse in temporal reality where I just totally missed out on like 10 seconds of time that I was not aware of, even though that's not a normal thing for me at all. It's never happened to me before or after that point. <laughs> I just want to say that temporal reality sounds delicious. Like that really makes me want some shrimp or something right now. <laughs> it does sound that it's way. not the same as shrimp tempura. No, <laughs> it could be. Not the same. <laughs> did you muster up the courage to like ask anybody at the diner if this was common or did you kind of just say, F it, I'm getting out of this place? So, I mean, the first person I told was uh, my boyfriend and he's just like, oh my God, not every freaking bathroom here is haunted. Like he was just like, so beyond any of it. He's like, no, no, you're being ridiculous right now. You're drunk. And I'm like, uh, no, (laughs) definitely not. It sounds like, uh, like these bathroom situations were pretty close together, right? Yeah, they were within the span of like two weeks. And then I never had anything happen after that. That's so weird. I don't think we've heard any stories where people have heard what they perceived as like humans having a human experience and then kind of we're getting ready to have a gotcha moment. And there's absolutely nothing there. I know Teresa had some, I believe it was Teresa, had some bathroom incidences, but, you know, she was able to like, see the apparitions and know they were apparitions this is well, a pretty she, unique so experience Teresa, Teresa my coworker from Oregon mm-hmm. yeah yeah she um she's always said the same thing about bathrooms she said sometimes especially like public mall bathrooms or something like that um you know she just she could tell you could walk in and some were just like get the f out of here she said she could like feel presences just like staring her down, being like, do not come in here. I think one of them, she even found out that like someone had taken their life in that mall bathroom. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, it sounds like you maybe don't like bathrooms in general, but I hate public restrooms, especially if like <laughs> I'm going to be in there longer than like a minute or two. I, I just, I don't enjoy that as a shared experience with other humans. You know, I don't get it. Like some people have a shy bladder. I definitely have a shy anus. I don't have any interest in in sharing my number two with random strangers. Ditto. Yeah. If we're going to go down that I, I think everyone's <laughs> anus is uh, shy to some extent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one's anus is more confident than that person. Why are we calling it an anus? <laughs> Seamus the anus. Okay. Um, oh God. I don't Can know. What's imagine there. though being like, like if you died and you come back to like consciousness and realize that you are stuck in a bathroom stall. And if you, the, the end of that bathroom stall is the end of your threshold. You basically can only haunt that bathroom stall. How awful would your afterlife be? Ooh. That, yeah. That would really stink to have that afterlife. 
Oh, but yeah, it would. It'd be so poopy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it makes me really curious if somebody did maybe OD in that bathroom or if, if something happened. I feel like that would be a hard experience to misinterpret as something else. If you're physically seeing legs, you know, with with blue jeans and you're hearing what sounded like voices, were you able to actually hear words or was it all just pretty much like a whispery noise? It was all a whispery noise. Like that's kind of what lended to me the idea that they were on drugs because like drunk people aren't going to whisper like that where you can't even make out a word. It's just like their voice was whispering. Uh, And I'm like, okay, they're like on some like really hard shit to be doing this. Almost (laughs) like um, the Mothman. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that movie, but when they do the phone calls with the Mothman, it's like, (laughs) I have not stop i have not seen that movie with the mothman but i have watched the show on netflix called the magicians why are we going back to magic again (laughs) but it's not like a magic show it's like a a narrative story there's five seasons and they uh fight someone off called the beast but he's also just like a a human man Hmm. in like a suit with like his whole face is just you can't see his face because it's just swarmed by moths moths and it's so creepy Hmm. does he whisper or i don't remember but back to the bathroom thing geez noah getting us off topic all the time sorry (laughs) back to the bathroom thing um i'd like to think these were just two ladies in the 70s that were at the diner and they were in the bathroom sharing some secrets and then they're maybe stuck in a little time loop. Yeah, that's horrifying. Just hanging out. That whole time loop theory is Yeah. I think I fear that more even more than death. That that would be pretty creepy. So Kathy, where were you on your supernatural scale before? Because I feel like the first instance was one of those where you're like, oh, that's super weird. I can't really explain it. But you can kind of like move on with your life and just kind of place that in like the weird bucket. The second experience is kind of like one of those things you'd never forget. So like, how did that impact you? Like, did you were you a super believer for a while after that? Or how has that made you feel? I mean, even after that experience, like, I mean, immediately after I was like an eight. You know, I had a lot of doubt of like, well, did I really see these people? Like, did I, I don't know, have like a seizure like once, <laughs> never again? Like, did something happen to make me misperceive like basically the timing of this? Like, uh, there was always that like little part of doubt in my mind of like, maybe something happened with my perception of reality. And it was just, two people doing drugs and they left there's still the other part of me that's like no uh nothing happened in terms of how i was perceiving things that's just what happened and i don't know how to explain it and i feel like if it was just like a mental lapse it probably would have happened more than like that one time in your entire life you know right yeah i'm like so i majored in psychology and I'm like, usually when there's something like that where you're misperceiving, you know, how time works, it isn't a one-time thing. It's something that happens a lot. So I'm like, yeah, I don't really think that's a likely explanation, but somehow that makes me feel slightly better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before those experiences, I was zero. Like I found ghost stories like amusing, 
but I didn't believe any of it. Well, JJ, I feel like this is kind of what you want, right? Like you, you are more skeptical than us. Granted, you're not a zero anymore, but at one point you were, but maybe there's hope now that even if you are skeptic, you can still get that one experience to try to give you some confirmation. And yeah, I agree. And uh, also, I just want to say, you know, if there's one thing I love more than a good ghost story, it's a good bathroom story. So to, to and I'm being totally serious, I love people's bathroom stories. So to have (laughs) the two of them combined into not one, but two different stories is really, that's like the, the goal for me. Well, Kathy, before we get you out of here, we absolutely appreciate you coming on. We love when fans come on. Is there anything that you would like to see in the future from Real Hauntings or things that, you know, or, or thoughts about the podcast you'd like to share with us before we get you out of here? So one thing that I usually enjoy the most from your content is when you bring people on uh, that you find from like Reddit posts or just people posting stories of like their experiences that are just like, hey, this is like a once one time kind of deal like Sometimes the psychics you bring on can be very interesting, um, but I just find those like one-time kind of story things, I guess, more interesting just because I relate to it more. Yeah. <laughs> but No, I get it. I mean, it's sometimes guests that are all consumed with supernatural. It makes it a little harder to gauge what's going on, I think, in those experiences because right. it's so hard to relate to. I mean, I've had like one or two experiences. It's hard for me to relate to somebody who wakes up and eats and breathes ghost and we know somebody like that i mean one of our friends who's been on the podcast or a couple of our friends so we've kind of seen it in action and we believe them but it is i I get that i I get what you're saying well normally we would do a wrap-up after the episode but i feel like we gave so much conversation in this episode we don't need to do that so kathy as a loyal fan i was going to see if you wanted to do the end toss off for the episode okay I'm Kathy. I'm Noah Dan. Oh, God, we messed it up. I forget. Noah has to go first. He doesn't have to, but he should. I have barbecue sauce all over me for some reason. Anyway, um, let's let's try that again. I'm Kathy. I'm Noah. I'm Kat. And I'm JJ. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.